You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. How do you define a monster? It might seem black and white, but it may not be that clear cut. Welcome to Systematic Geekology. We are your priests to the geeks, those mediators between faith and fandom, uh, the geek world and theology and philosophy. This is not a bait and switch. This is this is two people who love to geek out and also who take their faith seriously. And, and we like to explore the intersection of how they can work together. Um, and today we, we have uh, just a, a howling good time in front of you. <laughs> with, uh, spoilers ahead. We are going to explore Disney plus Marvel Cinematic Universe special presentation, Werewolf by Night. It is October. It is uh, the spooky season. And Marvel threw out a special presentation about uh, one of the classic monsters out there, oldest monsters that humans have ever thought of. And uh, we're going to explore Werewolf by Night. So if you haven't watched it, we encourage you go watch it and then come back and listen to us talk about the show because we will indeed spoil it. Uh, I am Will Rose, one of your hosts here at Systemic Ecology. And, and what am I geeking out on right now? Uh, we're getting ready to have a conference at my church where uh, uh, theology and beer and um, it's going to be like camp stuff. And uh, Joshua, who's talking with me today, is actually coming to it. And we're going to be in the same room, in the same physical space. And I can't believe I'm going to be like, what? I've seen him on screen for a long time, but then I'm going to be in his very presence. How about that, Joshua? <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously I'm excited for that. Um, guys, also, I'm Joshua Knoll, one of the co-hosts of the Whole Church Podcast. One co-host here, produced both of those shows when they, you know, claim me. Um, <laughs> and I... There's so much geeking out right now. I'm, I'm doing a lot of pirate stuff right now, reading a lot of different books, getting different shows and stuff, and just really going back to my piratey roots because that's one of my biggest geekdoms. I just love pirate stuff. Um, and th weirdly enough, that and DM us if you want to know more, but that has led me to <laughs> today, and I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I created 15 books that are like a list of 15 books that have most made me who I am. As oh, far as like that's things are, like the most impactful ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, a pirate book is the one that started that list. So Empire of Blue Water. It's a good, it's a good book. Is that a like historical fiction book or is it like a, uh, like a historical book about it is, pirates? Or is it, it is a historical book that it's, it's a story historical book though. Like it's just really well written, but it's the history of Captain Morgan. Oh. And a lot of his, for those who don't know, a lot of his, like what made him him was because of uh, religious quarrels oh. and infighting in the church. No, that, uh, that never happens, Joshua. That never happens. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, of course, the church unity guy is like, yeah, read a pirate book because it brings out what happened when we don't have church unity. Arg me, maybe, <laughs> you know, <Right>. like, <laughs> yeah, but. That's where I'm at. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, you know, we're we're getting closer to Halloween, and there's uh, some friends of ours that throw a, just a great Halloween party on their block, and um, we got an invite today, and they said that it's pirate themed, so I'm nice. gonna have to dress up as a pirate. So yeah. our friends did that last year. I always love it. I have a um, oddly enough, I have an entire pirate outfit that I just am waiting. Any excuse I get. I couldn't find it today. Today at work was crazy hat day and I couldn't find my pirate hat. And I was very upset because Man. it's a really good costume because 
it was made as part of a set for a friend's wedding that I got to officiate, <laughs> which was super cool. <laughs> they played the, uh, the the Jack Sparrow theme <laughs> whenever I got behind the wheel of the ship for the for the ceremony. I was like, this is great. Man, it was fantastic. Cosplay wedding. I, I love it. <laughs> well, y'all, before we hop into like the meat of the episode, I just wanted to share that on our Priest to the Geeks uh, Facebook page, I threw out a poll uh, to our group and I wanted to know what everyone's favorite classic universal monster was. So I put up Frankenstein and Dracula and the mummy and the werewolf. And then someone else added like the invisible man. I forgot that that was one, uh, our friend Brandon <laughs> threw that up there. And was, oh, that's right. And then people put in a couple other things. Even I don't think he counts as a, as a classic universal uh, movie monster, but Mike Wachowski from from Monsters Inc. <laughs> it's uh, not even Universal. <laughs> w- was thrown up there. Uh, but but uh, have you have you looked at those results, Joshua? Did you look at the? I results? did. I did. Okay. Um, I was upset. Not as many people clicked Bride of Frankenstein, given that that was our drive-in movie last week. Right. But I would say the main character of that movie is still Frankenstein's monster, which. I was positively, I felt pretty, pretty good about the results concerning him. Yeah. So the results, um, Frankenstein won, uh, and then, and presumably because of that movie, because of that movie. And then close second yeah. was, was the werewolf. Uh, and then everyone else, thanks for playing. You got just a, a marginal vote, 7%, 3%, mm-hmm. but, but the clear two top two are Frankenstein and werewolf. Um, and, uh, yeah, my, I think my favorite mm-hmm. universal, monster is the werewolf so i was excited about this tv show and everything that goes into that yeah joshua uh quick correction uh the universal movies are wolfman oh wolfman see there you go technical <laughs> werewolf wolfman that's what nerds love right that's <laughs> we, it. we gotta be technically correct yes hey oh. hey i totally get it if somebody like I, mispronounced something or misnamed something in star wars oh, i'd be yeah. like wait wait he a minute was- Wolfman was in a haunted house I went to at Universal Studios last oh. month, actually, because I went opening night for, for Universal's Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. And they had a house that was three monsters. It was the mummy, um, Wolfman, and it wasn't Frankenstein, though. Mm. I'm blanking on what the third one was. Was it the Clearly, Invisible Man? That was it the Invisible no. Man? And so nobody <laughs> showed up. It was just an empty room. They're like, the Invisible Man's but, in here. Honestly, it was mostly the mummy. It was mostly the money, which I was kind of disappointed in because I wanted it to kind of be three. I think it was Dracula. I think it was Dracula was the other one. Yeah. It was Dracula, Wolfman, and the mummy, but it was primarily the mummy was the theme. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, it's interesting because, you know, as I opened up um, the show with the question, you know, what defines a monster? And you have the classic monsters that, that humans create in terms of this kind of genre of horror. Uh, but But I think humans, as long as they've been able to question and ponder and think and project and, and, and think deeply about things, um, monsters or thinking of monsters or what could haunt us or be after us has, has always been out there. Um, whether it's kind of us evolved from being chased by literal monsters who want to eat us or, <laughs> or fictional ones that, that we dream up that go bump in the night and, and help mm. us process, um, the, the, the world and, and what really scares us was truly, at, at the heart of, of what, what scares us or, or haunts us in, in our lives. Um, but, but in terms of before we get into the show and some of that's things, what, what's some of your history with werewolf by night and kind of Marvel's rendition of the, the werewolf. There's a little history there that I'll talk about in a minute, but do you have any history with the character, the comic book? Not really. 
I was aware that Moon Knight's first appearance was in a Werewolf by Night thing, but Mm -hmm. I just never got my hands on that, so I never really read it. Um, The Bloodstone, however, has showed up in a few different of the comics that I read, kind of on Mm -hmm. the darker side of uh, Marvel. It shows up quite a bit, actually. Yeah, Elsa Bloodstone has has been a part of the Marvel Universe as, as of recent um, publications and characters as well. Yeah, I I wasn't um, you know that familiar. This this show and this character is somewhat a deep cut of it within the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. uh, in its comics and its history. I think Moon Knight is very popular and and it had its show, and so why not lean into Werewolf by Night because you know where. Uh, Moon Knight's first appearance was in Werewolf by Night issue number 32. And it makes sense that, you know, you have this comic book about a werewolf and yeah, his connection to the moon and a full moon. And why not have a Batman-esque kind of character who uh, named Moon Knight uh, be, be a antithesis or, or kind of a, a rival to, to Werewolf by Night. So that's kind of that history. But yeah, before Marvel comics were, um, Marvel Comics, they they were Atlas Comics, and they had in the in the fifties they had the the monster and the the horror genre. But then the Comics Code Authority came in and was kind of like, you can't let these kids uh, see this crazy stuff anymore. And really, the the, <laughs> cen- the censorship of uh, comics really hit hard during that time. But in the seventies, the Comics Code Authority kind of released um, part of its stranglehold on comics and kind of relaxed a little bit and so in the 70s uh, marvel spotlight number two had werewolf by night and then eventually it got its own series that ran for a while in in the 70s and it's always been out there a little bit but but since moon knight we just had this tv show about moon knight and he's a spirit mm-hmm. you know a, a popular character why not lean into a marvel special presentation around halloween with werewolf by night and have like a they call it TV fourteen. It's not PG thirteen. It's a little bit gory, a little bit more <laughs> violent. We'll go. We'll go up one more age. TV. You know, if you're thirteen, you can't watch this. But if you're fourteen, you can. So I yes. think that's what Disney is saying. <laughs> and it wasn't a lot of language, but yeah. I think it was the gore factor that, that yeah, yeah. earned its rating. The slitting of throats and those kinds of things. Yeah. So, I were you disappointed that Moon Knight wasn't in it? A li- I I think a little bit. I I um, but I understand. I mean the. Oscar Isaac is is uh, is a big get, and he did his thing. Not sure if he's going to have another season or if he's going to go on and, and do more. He was a, he's a big price tag when it comes to spending and budget and those kinds of things. So I'm sure just an appearance or a cameo or a picture um, might do something. But even on the graphics on the walls, I didn't even notice if if Moon Knight was was on there or alluded. It would have been cool to have you know one of the monster hunters been. Uh, alluding to a Moon Knight out there who hunts monsters, but but you know uh, that that's yeah. That sort of they would have had like Kanchu on the walls because it felt like very Egyptian yeah kind of stuff on there. But I don't know. I I'm glad he wasn't there in a way. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like this thing was very. It needed to be self-contained to do to accomplish what it accomplished. Yeah. I agree. And I think it was, I mean, one of the parts I really loved is this kind of opening, new opening intro to this oh, new, cool. which, yeah, the, all these colors. It was really throwback back when I was a kid that CBS had like a CBS, CBS special presentation. I think that's even what like the 
Star Wars Holiday Special came on and the Narnia cartoon and other things like they, they had these special presentations that these networks would do. And then Disney leaned into that with these multicolored special presentations. It's a one-off. It's not a series. It's not a movie. It's a if the, it's a 50-some minute one-shot of a character that they're going to snapshot. Maybe they'll show up later. Maybe they'll do another thing, but they're just doing a special presentation. And, and I, I thought it was super cool. That's something new there, different, that, that was refreshing. And, and I think uh, the audience and geeks are, are eating it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I loved it. I love that not only did they do that, but after that, they went into the, you know, their usual Marvel thing. And you see the claws and it starts going black and white. And yeah. it's like horror version of the Marvel theme. And it's like, man. This is gonna like I knew from the from the yeah like this is this is about to be good yeah and and so then they showed they snapshot and just kind of said yeah here's the Avengers here's the the heroes and then it got panned down like the underground world if you're going in the underworld there are other monsters there's not just heroes there's monsters and then there's heroes who hunt the monsters and here's what this story is going to be all about um, yeah and so um, that and it just led you down a different path um, underground. Uh, noir, black and white, gritty grindhouse kind of presentation, which I thought was was really cool. So let's let's get into the show before I ask another big big question. There, Let, let's get into the show itself. Like, what what did you think? Did you did you like it? Did you love it? Did you did it do what it wanted you wanted it to do? I I'm, I'm glad it's a special because if this was one of the shows, I would have to. It would be a struggle to say whether this or Falcon and Winter Soldier was the best MCU show. <laughs> and um, nothing else is even a competitor in my mind. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And then if this were one of the movies, I would struggle because this is honestly, it's a solid second to Winter Soldier for me. Like, I'm like, this is just one of the best things the MCU has put out as far as I'm concerned. So what I'm hearing um, you say is you like it, Joshua. God, I love it. I think <laughs> poetically, artistically, as far as like looking at it as as film as art, this is the most art that Marvel has done. I don't think anything else has the same kind of parallelism or poetry that like some of the stories do have that, but I don't think it's as well done. Yeah. Uh, you know, my favorites are the Captain America stuff, which is all political thrillers, so you don't see that kind of thing at all in those. And right. you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. But in this you see a very clear contrast. You see this parallel of one character who is a monster and is trying to deny that part of himself. And then another person who is a monster hunter and trying to deny her family history coming together and seeing their story play out. And it's just like, oh, this is huh. <laughs> making us question life, making us see both sides of this. They do a really good job of letting there be the one color red in the bloodstone. Everything else is black and white. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you have the ending. It goes back to color, pulls Wizard of Oz, even plays the song from Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah. And which, you know, ties back to some of the meanings that you get from that story. That's something the Bible does a lot of, too. You'll see a phrase from a different book of the Bible that's supposed to make you think, oh, yeah, the point of that book was this. That's what we're getting at here. Um, think of Revelation in the beginning. He talks about the lampstands referencing Zechariah when it was talking about leadership and the importance of pouring that out. So you're mm. seeing this leadership reference again in revelation you have the same thing here they're referencing wizard of oz which was a lot about you know there's no place like home going back to your origins questioning what's out there kind of stuff and then you see this for two people who are struggling with their origins and it's like oh oh and they come together for this one event and then it's like their real life is the fantasy that's when it goes to color in this scenario. And that's what's really interesting. Nice. nice. Everything about it is so cool. Even, even the small details like 
if you're watching it, uh, old films, especially like the old monster films, you'll see the cigarette burn in the top right corner where it just does that little black spot. Yeah. They do that to let you know the scene's changing. That's something for the directors or whatever. We don't need that anymore. And yet in this, they still did that. You knew the scene was changing because you saw those cigarette burns in the top right corner. <laughs> and I was like, man, the attention to detail in this was absolutely wild. Yeah, the the creators of this show were uh, like super big movie classic movie geeks and and really tied in all that kind of retro stuff. And I I liked that retro feel to it and the nostalgia mm-hmm. of that, the, the classic monsters. But like you said, there's some deep stuff there. Like you said, um, the the werewolf, uh, Jack Russell, um, which is funny that his name is Jack Russell and he turns into a werewolf. But then he's trapped in a cage with Elsa Bloodstone and you have one who's denying or or has some deep history with her own family and their legacy of being monster hunters and the one who is trying to hide uh, that he is indeed a monster, has a monster within, and they're caged mm-hmm. together trying to work out how are we going to get out of the situation? Are, are we threatened? Are we scared? What What's happening? And eventually, uh, they both prevail, but, but uh, them being... You know, out and about as part of the monster hunter crew and then eventually cage together one cage to really uh, to get down on eye level with one another to really talk about and explore who they really are deep inside was was pretty meaningful. And then you can't keep a monster cage. Um, And then that's when the 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 slaughter happened and the winner. But but yeah, like (laughs) you said, it was a cool scene, too. all black and white until except for the the bloodstone, which was brilliant. And then by the time you get to the end, I mean, let's talk about uh, the monster they're actually hunting, Ted or man thing, um, (laughs) who is is another, you know, um, deep cut in the Marvel universe, which is Marvel's version of swamp thing. You know, DC Mm -hmm. has swamp thing. So Marvel has man thing. And, and uh, I don't know much of his history. I want to go back and read some of that. Uh, But the fact that like Jack and Ted are friends and at the end, their friendship and them being safe is what brought color to the screen their friendship, their laughter, the smiles. It wasn't dark and gritty and, and, and threatening and who's going to hunt and kill who and who has the most kills and, and trying to one-up one another and this hierarchy of who's the best monster hunter. They're sitting there relaxing the meadow safe with a smile, and that's what brings color to the screen, which I thought was pretty cool and meaningful. Oh, yeah. I've been get, getting at that, and I know this is the, some of the deeper lo- layer stuff. I actually could see where some of your classic horror fans – might have a problem with this part, but I actually really liked they flipped the narrative. Mm. So if you look at your typical monster movies, the way it's formatted, you would expect this to have gone where that guy's really a monster and he's going to tear everybody apart. And then the monster is also a monster and everyone's going to be a monster basically. And you're going to see the monster in you compared to those monsters. And that's just how it goes. I mean, think Frankenstein, right? Everybody's like, oh, he's terrible, but he wouldn't have been terrible if they didn't attack him first, but because they did, he tears them apart. They try to kill him. Mm -hmm. Everyone's the monster. That's how it goes. But in this, you find out the monster they're hunting isn't really a monster. He's actually just a kind soul. (laughs) And the person who came in to get him, who's aware, is a, you know, wolf man. Oh no, he's a monster, but it turns out he's, he's not really either. He finds the scent of somebody to try his best to not kill them when he flips. And he's trying to constrain that part of himself. And then you see the monster hunter. Surely she's going to be the one who's revealed to be the real monster. Because, you know, we have to have something like that. Nope. It turns out she's also not the monster. Yeah. And it really turns out that sometimes we look for a monster so hard and there isn't one. And the monster of the story is just simply the fact that they wanted there to be a monster. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, I, and the question is, what is it about humans um, or what about the this kind of genre of the monster within that um, that resonates with humans so much? You know, whether it's Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, the Hulk, uh, werewolf by night, the, you know, what is about this monster within that we try to contain that, that resonates with humans? Is it us projecting? Is it us wrestling with who we see ourselves to be and who we don't want to be? And then do we project on other people because we, it's easier to um, demean or or look down on others if we see them as a monster? What is it about these monster stories that, that resonate so much with us humans and the stories we tell? I think people often see the worst in themselves. And I think that people typically like characters, like heroes, where they see themselves. Hmm. And, you know, that's a, I feel like that's a lot of the draw with like Wolverine and Venom is they see a darkness into myself and I'm like that, but you know, I want to be on the good side. And that's where a lot of people relate to those characters because you feel like sometimes we even feel like we've gone too far for God to love us kind of deal. We feel like we're actually a bad guy, but maybe I'm a bad guy who isn't the worst bad guy. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm the bad guy who's going to kill the other bad guys. And I feel like even if you don't put it into so many words, a lot of people relate to these kind of monsters because you feel something in you is like that. Yeah. And I think again, like this show being in black and white, we often see like a uh, villain or hero or monster or good guy in terms of black and white, but maybe it's just a spectrum of color. Like at the end of the, like the end of the show is it's not so clear cut that it's just black and white, that I'm either good or bad, but I wrestle with both. You've heard me say over and over again, that kind of there's this Lutheran theology of, uh, being both saint and sinner at the same time, but but it's it's the work that Christ has done for us that that God sees us as saint and that we grow um, to to be Christ like and and kind of strip away this kind of sinful nature and work hard to 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 be who Christ calls us to be, all the while knowing that we're imperfect, all the while knowing that that mm -hmm. we're a sinner, all the all the while knowing that that. Uh, on our own, we can't do on our own. And and to see other people in that way too, to say like, not to see them as a sinner that I can condemn them, but also to say like, they're not perfect. And so I'm going to be easy on them and know that they're loved anyway. So I, this whole thing about the monster, how do I see myself? How do I see others? Um, all the while uh, being transformed into who God is calling me to be, um, I think is an important part of of the the human journey, the the hero's journey, the the who we're called to be as people in the world. Yeah. And with that, I I might see things a little bit differently than Will. I'm not sure about this, so he might challenge me on this. We'll see. I also think that a lot of the time that Christ says that once we're saved, we are justified in faith. When Christ looks at me, he does not see my sin. He sees someone that he has paid with a price. He sees someone that he loves. I don't think he's looking at me going, oh, Josh, that's sinner. And to me, I think a lot of the times, I think people fall down the wrong path a little bit because I'm looking at myself seeing I'm still this monster. I'm still this, I'm still looking for the monster of the story. And I think somewhere in me is this monster. And sometimes we have yet to rectify. No, no, I've been bought with a price. I have been saved. I have been changed. Yes. I still sin. Yes. I do these bad things occasionally, but I am not that. Right. And sometimes we look for that in ourselves so much that we kind of become that. And sometimes we just need to realize Maybe there's not a monster in the story. Yeah, and it's easier to look in the mirror and, and see a monster. But but you know, as you're talking about um, getting into a little bit of the atonement theories and, and different versions of, of atonement theory, it's, it's interesting in the, in the show. Uh, we see the bloodstone, and it's it's the red 
that shines that reveals the the werewolf but also looks so cool <laughs> yeah and and then who's in, in charge of this and and sometimes we use you know uh christ sacrifice almost as a weapon against others when when really you know it it's a call to grace it, it's a call that no matter what you have done or been through you are loved and cared for so i i, I think that part of christology um need to explore a little, little deeper. And, and what you're saying is not wrong. I, I'm not going to push back on that at all. But I, but I think, yeah, this whole thing of like, yeah, again, black or white, either or monster or not, like it's more complicated and nuanced than that. And, and within ourselves, that's why we do this thing of faith and, and community uh, to hold each other accountable. But also, you know, it, look what, look what transformation happened in this show. It was his relationship with Elsa. <laughs> it was his relationship with Mantha. Is the, how, how do the monster hunters view one another as rivals or, or as friends, but, but more as rivals, but then, then the, when the friendship and the caged Elsa and, and Jack are there together and don't see themselves as, as rivals that they work together for a greater good. I, I think there, there's something bigger when it comes to that. Yeah. And I do think that someone else could do a critique of this and come away with not what I came away with, but there isn't a monster. They might see that the monster hunters were the monster or, you know, Ulysses Grant or the lady that helped him. I, I do think that's also a possible interpretation. It's art. You know, there's not a standard. This is the meaning of it. Um, but even them, I, you know, I'm thinking people who have dedicated their lives to killing monsters that are actually out there harming people. I don't think they're inherently wicked or inherently evil. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I'm looking at this thing going, no, no, I just, I'm, I'm just not sure there is a monster here. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, at the beginning of the show, they start talking about their, their different kills and, and they're up on the wall. You see these faces mm -hmm. of, of kind of the trophies of these monsters. So cool. And yeah, that was cool. It's like, yeah, they, they look like they need to be taken out. Let's like, we don't want to have a caged conversation with those monsters to come a, to a mutual understanding and agreement, but. Perhaps they needed to be taken out, but but like again, these stereotypes of looking at people as the other, the rival, the monster. Mm. What what does that mean uh, in terms? Yeah, and that's for the huge Marvel geeks that are paying attention to the Easter eggs and stuff. You get into a lot of interesting stuff even there because you see some of these monsters and different stuff on the wall that you're like, oh my gosh, that's Gore the God Butcher is actually prominently featured in some of these like the one from the comics yeah so he looks a little bit different from the movie so if you read the comics you might notice him if you just watched the movies you might not have noticed him mm -hmm. but he's really prominent in some of these and it's like uh what is he doing here why is he part of this lore right yeah but he he's a real monster sure yeah let's celebrate that he was defeated and uh, then you see elsewhere sasquatch was in part of these but and if you <laughs> didn't know sasquatch is part of the canada avengers so i'm like um yeah nope mm -mm, he shouldn't be on this list but then you have the ancient version of vampires. I forget what they're called, but that's like some of Blade's baddest bad guys. Mm -hmm. Like the really old, cool, monster-looking vampires that are like still bat-like. And yep. it's like, oh, no, no, that that needed to be taken care of. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, there was so many. I'm like, no, that one was good. No, that one was bad. No, that one was really bad. <laughs> and I'm going through going, wait a minute. I need to pause every every like clip so I can evaluate which monsters that I'm like, okay, I'm glad you got that. Wish you didn't bother with that. And I'm just going through it. I'm like, man, there's so much just just on the paintings on the walls and the things hung up. And I'm like, this, it was too much. It was too much for one for one scene. Again, and that goes back to like, why wasn't Moon Knight in this or alluded to or concrete? Like that would be distracting. You don't want to take people out of the story. I'm sure those who are creating the story, they don't, they want to draw people in and make you think of what's going on in this particular story. And the Easter eggs help uh, illuminate the story you're trying to tell. But sometimes an, an Easter egg or a cameo from a character will immediately take you out of the story. 
And and that's not what they're trying to do. They're trying to draw you deeper into this, the lore oh, of, yeah. of this particular underground monster hunters. And that's what, what it's trying to do. So I thought at that point oh, yeah. it was, it was super good and very well done. Which also brings up, <laughs> there's a nature nurture element of all this. Mm. Uh, you know, I was talking about that parallel earlier. You see, why can't I remember the werewolf, the werewolf's name? Oh, Jack, Jack Russell. Jack. Okay. Yeah. You see Jack, he's coming through and it's nature, right? He was born a werewolf. That makes him supposed to be this kind of monster kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you find out that he ties himself up during the moon, the full moon. He does all this different stuff. He learned people scent, so he doesn't attack them. He's going way out of his way to defeat his nature so that he isn't the monster that everyone thinks he is. And then on the other side, Elsa Grant, or Elsa Grant. Oh, yeah. Uh, Elsa, yeah. Um, yeah, you said Ulysses Grant. Bloodstone. Bloodstone. That's a, that's a different, <laughs> yeah, thank you. different character uh, yeah. altogether. <laughs> yes, yes. Elsa Bloodstone. Sorry, guys. I'm not all the way here today. But you see Elsa Bloodstone from this family of hunters, and she's like, I, I don't want to be a part of this. And she's denying her nurture, but she still comes up. She wants the Bloodstone for some other reason. Don't know what that reason is yet, still. Not fully. I don't know. I don't know if Will might have some theories. But you see these one person who's supposed to be evil because of their nature, another person who feels like she's evil because of how she was brought up. And they're both finding a way to deny that part of themselves. Mm. And I, I think that's actually a really powerful message for, it doesn't matter who you think you are born. If you think you are just the most evil person and it's in your DNA, it doesn't matter if you think you were brought up evil or something just went wrong in your past traumatic that you don't think you can overcome. I don't buy the Disney version of, Oh, you can overcome anything if you just put your mind to it kind of thing. But I do think that there is a God who loves you, that you can choose to accept salvation. And you can choose no matter who you are, no matter how you were brought up, to just enter into that kingdom life and uh, live that way. And I just think it's powerful to think about those kind of things. Yeah, I think it's important to know that, yeah, the, the, the decisions we make are important, but then there are some... You know, in terms of, uh, I, I'm a belief that that God's yes is is greater than than my no, and and yeah. I, that 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 God's decision overrides mine. I, yeah, there's freedom. Yeah, there's there's things, but we're being lured into that kind of love and grace of God, and and it's through friendships, it's through community where where we continue to become who we're called to be. And I I do think that the 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 grace and the good news of this wherever you are in life. Your story isn't over yet. Uh, there's more story to be told. And so, yeah, what if Elsa Bloodstone, she has that bloodstone. <laughs> there's yeah. more story to be told. What is she going to do with that? What's next? What's what's the next turn turn for her? And where she shows up, I don't know. I mean, could she be – I hope they use her in a different different um, team or, or show or she's going to show up. Werewolf may show up again. Man-Thing may show up. Who knows what kind of team they're going to assemble next uh, within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, whether it's Thunderbolts or – or Young Avengers, or the next Avengers, or whatever they're going to do. But I, but it, I think wherever you are in life and faith, or how you see yourself, perceive yourself, or perceive others, your, your story's not over yet. So what what's the next chapter look like? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I want the next chapter to be Blade, Moon Knight, Jack, Man-Thing, and Elsa Grant. Get those together. El- make Elsa that a Grant? team. Elsa Grant. I'll watch it. Elsa Grant. Elsa Grant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elsa, Elsa Bloodstone. Man, why, why do I want their last name to be Grant? I don't so know. Bad. You're all about Civil War today. You're, are they, I, I don't know, guys. I don't no, know. No, no. But I, I think you're right. There, There is like rumors out there of this thing, uh, Midnight Suns, uh, which is a kind of a, a yeah, team. Tortier Double book. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a team book. Uh, the comics are out there. There's, there's history there within the comics um, as well. But I, I just love these 
these avenues that MCU is doing that has the platform like Disney Plus and others to do special presentations and oh, yeah. explore a character and and see what happens and then who knows they might team up later on. But yeah. to, for what it is, this one shot worked. It was great and and yeah, if you think it's just kind of a creepy horror Disney Marvel horror thing for just for fifty minutes or look at how much it unpacks and helps us think about these things. To oh count. yeah, and. I think it's safe for the family. There's like one major curse word that I noticed, but I, I if you don't mind blood, especially you know, it's black and white blood. I, I feel like it's pretty, pretty safe. Yeah. If you let your kids watch Avenger movies, <laughs> you can want them watch this. That's how I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh arrows to the head and severed limbs in a couple places, but, but you know, even star Wars, not, even not star Wars, so. even not star Wars has uh severed limbs. Right. You know, yeah. That story. yeah. Like I, I and, and I just, I'm so impressed with this, and, and I have to say, if they let this just stand on its own and never do anything with it again, I'll be a little sad because I liked all these characters, but also it was so well done that, that I don't think I could fault them for it either to just let this be its own thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you know, it's gotten great um, reviews and uh, you know all, all the – Rotten Tomatoes and all that are are doing their thing and and have it up there high on the list. So I'm sure if it's um if it's if it's doing well, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna build yeah, they'll do build something up. again. Mm-hmm. But I I actually don't have anything for Halloween that I like. I have to watch this every year. That's just mm-hmm. it's not a thing for me. I love Bride of Frankenstein. I don't watch it every year. I have a couple things for Christmas that I do every year. I don't love Christmas, but there's a couple ones that I do every year. There's a Doctor Who special I watch every year for Christmas, mm-hmm. and then Miracle on 34th Street. Mm-hmm. And then for Thanksgiving, I have a whole lineup of different shows and stuff that I watch for Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. My favorite holiday. Yeah. There's movies I like for Halloween, nothing I have to watch every year. This might be the first thing that I'm like, I have to watch this. This is yeah. just, it, it was really well done. <laughs> I can't I can't gush about it enough. I just loved it a lot. <laughs> I did too, and I've and I've watched it um, different uh, pieces of the show uh, a number of times uh, to kind of explore whether it's the Easter eggs or the conversations that they're happening and 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 yeah, I think I think they hit it out of the park and oh yeah, and I mean it's just yeah yeah it's just it's really well done. It's like if you took some of these like uh, Hunger Games kind of things, kind of those movies where you trap some people in and they have to like battle it out. You combine that with like some of those old universal horror monsters and you just throw in some of the MCU humor, but then you just, you get a director who understands the art of filmography and you just mix all that together and you get 55 minutes of just pure masterpiece. And that's what this is. Yeah. And I'm with you. Like if this is all they do with this, cool. I hope they expand a little bit more, but I think the success will lend itself to like, let's, let's do more things like this. You know, the guardians of the galaxy has a Christmas special. So I'm sure that same like intro of the special presentation with all the colors popping (laughs) at you is going to be another version of that. And and they'll do other things like that. So, so I'm, I'm excited. Good, good job. And we'll, uh, I'm looking forward to more and uh, yeah, time, time for the wrap up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any recommendations, Joshua? If you haven't seen Werewolf by nah. <laughs> no, no, listen, guys, uh, this whole episode was a recommendation. But also, if you liked Werewolf by Night and you haven't seen all the other MCU shows, because I know a lot of people are like, oh, the MCU hasn't, the phase four has been terrible. And then I ask them and they're like, well, no, I haven't seen Moon Knight. Watch Moon Knight. You should watch Moon Knight. It was yeah. good. It wasn't like the comics exactly, but it was good. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have a comic book recommendation um, from from the like 2006, 2007, somewhere around there. There's a comic called Next Wave, Agents of Hate. And it was written by Warren Ellis and drawn by Stuart Endelman, who is both are, are like at the top of comic book creators in, in the world. Um, and and actually, Elsa Bloodstone is on that team. And it, it's funny. Nice. It's good. The art's great. It's, it's just well written, well done. So so you can find that that trade paperback somewhere and you won't be disappointed as you as you read through that book. It's it's a great book. You know, what I think I'm going to do after this. What's that? I want to watch the show I just found. It's super cool. It's called Werewolf by Night. There you go. And, hey. Watch it again. I love it. Let's see if you can get Next Wave on your comicsology and then bring, yeah. it, bring it with you to uh, Theology Beer Camp and, and read it on the way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have to drive. But, yeah. But this was fun. And uh, thanks, y'all, for listening. Just a reminder. Yeah, hop over. That that poll we did on Priest of the Geeks was fun. And, you know, um Follow us there. Follow us on on Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram. And then, you know, if there's things that we missed, themes that we missed, uh, Easter eggs that that we missed that you want to share, um, let us know. And there's other themes that yep. you think um, should be talked about and, and wrestled with, and, and let us know about that too. And I will gladly watch this as many times as I have to to see what you want to point out to me. So just come up with a scene, make up something. So I have to watch looking for it, then it's not there. It'll be great. <laughs> there you go. You're going to troll Joshua saying, oh, guess what I found? There was Moon Knight at this. And you're like, really? And then you watch it all the way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah. I'm down, though. I'm down. <laughs> um, Any excuse. Yep, yep. And then, of course, you uh, we, we invite you to follow us on Patreon and support us. Help us keep the lights on and go uh, keep doing what we're doing. And, and we really appreciate all of y'all. And uh, thanks for listening. Joshua, sound off. This was a 10 out of 10 show. <laughs> No, all right, guys. Hey, do me a favor. Remember to watch this show. And then remember that we are all the chosen people, a geekdom of priest. This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.